This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. Today, we begin an exciting five-part series on the uniqueness of Christ. Did you know that there is no other religion that makes the claims the Bible uh, or Christ himself makes about his eternal existence? Christ's miraculous conception, the prophecies fulfilled about his coming, and his exaltation that transcends time and space give us a glimpse of Christ's uniqueness. At a time in our world when the lies and the schemes of the enemy are rampant, many are looking for truth, hope, and peace that can only be found in Christ. We hope, and our prayer, is to encourage your heart as our guest, Mark Ray, will help us dig deeper into Christ's uniqueness over the next several weeks. Mark is Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and the Executive Director of the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master's of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, a Master of Divinity, and a Doctorate of Ministry from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor and as a lead pastor, and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Mark, welcome back to Saving Grace. Carmen, thank you. It is so good to see you and so good to be here. Well, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Well, I'm looking forward to this series because I think it's one that uh, is needed for such a time as this, Mark. We need to be reminded of the confidence that we can have in Christ because mm-hmm. of his uniqueness. Absolutely. So let's dig, dig in. And I think it would be wise for us if you will sort of set the stage of why this series is important. Well, let me start from just a very foundational statement that there is nobody who has ever existed, past, present, or future, who is as unique as Jesus Christ is. But the underlying theme of that is why was he unique? Mm. He was different from anybody else who has existed for a number of different reasons. His, the reality of who he is, the relationships that he had, what he claimed about himself, what the Bible claims about him, mm-hmm. and his effect on the world. There's been nobody as unique as Jesus Christ. The question is, what makes him so unique? Mm, Yes, and that's what we're going to be talking about over these next several weeks. And, you know, there's no greater uniqueness, I think, and importance than that of the reality of Christ. Uh, you know, our focus today will be that topic. And, you know, it, what surprises many uh, is the biblical truth that Christ is eternal. You know, we, we all are familiar with the Christmas story and we go, okay, well, there he, there he is. Uh, but John makes it clear uh, in Scripture that Christ existed before time. Yes. Maybe we could visit a couple of those passages, Mark, to, well, to really talk about that. <laughs> we <laughs> if could you spend, could find one, yeah, we, right? <laughs> well, we could actually spend weeks on uh, the passages just yes. in John mm. that point to the reality of Jesus being different from anybody else. Let mm-hmm, me just start. Mm-hmm. John 1, mm-hmm. in the beginning, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. 
the Word was with God from the beginning. The Word was God. Mm. The uniqueness of the reality of who Jesus is, is He was the Word with God from the beginning and actually was God. That's a unique perspective. Name anybody else Mm. who was here from the beginning and is God Himself. he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Notice what it says. Everything was made through him. Yes, yes. So is he eternal? Absolutely. John tells us that. Listen to John 1, 10, and 11. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. All was created through him. He is the source, he's the, 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 the key central figure in reality of all that has been created. And he was here before, and he was here current, and he is here future. Yes. So yes. Th- these are just some fantastic claims yeah. that set Christ completely apart from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Think about Jesus in, in John's writing in the book of Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the, the end. end. No one... Yeah. can claim to be the beginning and the end. No. And no one did, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he is the one who has done that. Uh, uh, and one of my favorites goes back to John chapter 8. Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I, I am. That I am, in, in the Greek and even in the Hebrew, the I am states very specifically mm-hmm. that he is eternal. I have mm-hmm. always been, mm-hmm. and I will always be. Mm. So just a, a quick reference through some of the statements in John just begin to show us yeah. the reality of Jesus Christ is he is eternal. He has been there. Mm-hmm. He is there. And he will always be there. Mm. Unique to Jesus. And so reassuring. So reassuring. Yes. Well, you know, the Greek word is uh, for word. The Greek for word is logos. Uh, and it's an internal idea that remains invisible until it is expressed. To me, that just beautifully illustrates why Christ is called the Word. Yes. I'd love your thoughts on that. So let me not give you my thoughts. Uh Let me give you Paul's thoughts. Yeah, okay. So from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, here's what Paul says. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God. Mm Mm-hmm. That really kind of says it all. Yeah. He is the visible expression of the invisible God. Mm-hmm. He is the manifestation mm-hmm. on earth of who God is. And after all, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen Same the Father. Father. You've That's seen. Right. So, so uh, Paul continues to go on. He says mm-hmm. he's the firstborn over all creation. Mm-hmm. For by him all things were created. Boy, doesn't that sound like John? Uh-huh. All things are created in heaven and, and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. <laughs> if, you're, if you're really wanting that statement of the invisible God, mm-hmm. you need look no further than the visible Christ. Yes. Because yes. he made the Father visible. Made him visible. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that. And, 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 and there, these are things, Mark, that, you know, we, we, we read the Word, we're in it every day, and, and memorize probably a lot of these scriptures, but to really stop and ponder what, what it's saying. Yes. It affects, or should affect, how we worship him. Well, and, and even to that extent, it's a great point, Carmen, 
because we have a tendency, and I'll just put it into our, our, our framework, we have a tendency in the educated Western world to pull things out of context. Mm-hmm. I want to look at that one passage. Mm-hmm. Even if you mm-hmm. do that as it relates to Christ, again, go back to John 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is no mistaking the uniqueness of Jesus because no one either claimed or can state, this is who I am. No one's ever done that. Mm. No yeah. one's ever done that. Go back to this Colossians. He is the visible expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Name anybody who's claimed that. Mm. Doesn't exist. No, no. So anyway, oh, and, wow. and, that, and wow. by the way, that is critical to us. It's really important to us. His reality mm-hmm. is important to us because guess who we do worship? Yeah. The one who is God himself. Yeah. So, hi. Yes. Kind of fun to talk about, oh, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> it is. It truly is. And, you know, we, you, we were talking about things that John said. Uh, but, you know, Jesus made some pretty radical claims yes. about his preexistence, didn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. Well, yeah. sure. Let me give you a couple of them. Uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. You, you can't get a whole lot more succinct no. in what he said about himself. I and the Father are one. You can't get yeah. more succinct. I even love in Philippians 2 that wonderful statement where he says, I did not consider it, or Paul says, he didn't consider it robbery to take yeah. deity from God. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he already was. That's right. That's who he is. So with those claims that he makes about himself, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you know the Father, you know me. I am showing you who the Father is. Those claims, nobody else made them. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Even, and I know we're going to get to this question in just a minute, but even to the point that when he is is convicted of blasphemy, Mm -hmm. think about this for just a minute. He's convicted of blasphemy on his own testimony. Everybody else basically said he's innocent. Right. Until he quoted Daniel and said, that's who I am. Then, and that was a claim of deity that the Pharisees well knew, Mm -hmm. Old Testament passage, Old Testament prophecy about deity. Yeah. When he claimed that for himself, they basically said, all bets are off. That's right. All bets are off. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. I think about uh, uh, the quote, and you'll have to help me, C.S. Lewis, when he talks about, you know, Either he was a lunatic, oh yes, or I think he says, or an egg, or, or a whatever. lunatic, a liar, or the Lord, or the Lord, yeah, one of the and, three, yeah. yeah. And if he's Lord, yes, then he deserves. Well, and I think the worship. interesting thing there, let's yeah. let's make that really clear. He never claimed to be anything other than yeah. the Lord, but he that's, couldn't because that he only speaks truth. That's right, right, that's right. Yeah, Amen. Ah, <laughs> yes. So, why is Christ's eternality? so important. Why Why is that a critical thing in what we believe and how we worship? First, I'll answer it this way. It sets him apart from anybody else. There is nobody else worthy of the worship we give to Christ because he is eternal, because he's been, he is, he mm-hmm. will always be. Mm-hmm. So that sets him apart from anybody else. Mm-hmm. There is nobody else mm-hmm. that can claim that. But I think there's another there's another factor here that Christ not only claimed it, he did it. Yeah. So yeah. he backed up every claim that he made. Mm-hmm. So the claims about his deity, the claims about him being God, the claims about his reality, mm-hmm. he didn't just state them. 
Mm-hmm. He backed him up. And, you know, in this day and age, I, I, I'm not going to make a political statement, but yeah. I'll just say in this day and age, the world is full of people making promises and claims and then never being able to back mm, them up. True. Christ, for 2,000 years, as long as we've had the scriptures in front of us, has still backed up every claim that he's made. Mm, yeah. 300 prophecies that point to who he said oh, he was yes, that he fulfilled. Yes, it's, yes. it's really significant. And so for us, it is that level of confidence we can have that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Yes. And, and bank on the fact that that is when somebody like Jesus says to us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What can you take to the bank? Oh, for sure. I'll never leave you or forsake That's you. That's right. So as you said, he only speaks the truth. Yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That gives us that foundation of what Jesus says, I can trust. Yes, yes, so. yes. And and he says, what he says about himself uh, really is in all humility, <laughs> uh, which, you know, we think if we were able to say those things about ourselves, I'm afraid it wouldn't to be with that same level of, hu- of human- humility. <laughs> no. But, but no, it and, also and, it draws us to him, doesn't I, it? I'll play another little, little angle for you here in John 14. And we love to use this at, at funerals mm-hmm. because it's a wonderful statement of hope. Mm-hmm. Believe in the Father, believe also in me. Mm-hmm. Great statement of equality right there. Yeah. But then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. But mm-hmm. he says immediately after that, and if it were not so, I would have told you, which basically means I can bank on the fact that Jesus is going to prepare a place for me mm-hmm. because he told me the truth. And if it wasn't the truth, he would have come back and said, oh, by the way, that's not the truth. Yeah. The statements of Jesus, we get such a foundation of security oh, that yes. what Jesus says is the truth. Yes, yes. So his his reality of being who he is lays the foundation for that truth across the board for anybody, any believer. Absolutely. And I and that is just so crucial in this day and time. You talked about politicians, but but just in general. Yes. The, finding truth these days is difficult. Uh, the, the, you know, we, this, this idea of just, well, it's your truth, you know. Well, and, and yeah, the reality, yeah. A, a relative truth, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. Yeah. But, you know, in Romans chapter one, what Paul tells us is that we ultimately get to a society that when we walk away from God, here's what we get. Mm-hmm. We get a world that what is right is actually wrong and what is wrong is actually right. Yes. Yes, yes. What you can count on with Jesus is what is right is right mm-hmm. and what is wrong is wrong. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Well, I mentioned earlier, we're all aware of the Christmas story, <laughs> uh, the birth of Jesus. But the reality that he existed in time is just as important as his pre- pre-existence. Wouldn't Absolutely. you agree? Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. mean a whole lot to us if he's, if he's existed, if he didn't exist for us. Yes. If he didn't actually break into his creation yeah. and become a part of our world. So you get this, this really interesting statement about Jesus, Emmanuel, yes. God with us, which wouldn't mean a whole lot to us if he actually wasn't with us if he mm-hmm. actually didn't come to be part of us. I, I love Eugene Peterson when you when you look at John 1.14. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. He he describes it this way. Jesus became one of us and moved into our neighborhood. 
<laughs> now, yes. Yes. The, the clarification on that is the neighborhood compared to heaven, uh, he actually moved into the slums. Oh, yes. Oh, so yes. To become one of us and move into the slums, yes. that's an incredible sacrifice for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Again, that humility. That humility. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Mm, wow. I love it. Yes. And he had, if he had not come in time, uh, then again, he, it, it w- he would not have been able to show us God the Father. No question. Uh, so it was, it was a must. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, we've been talking about the humility of Christ. Certainly it was there. But, but oftentimes we look at that even as we're looking at the birth of Christ and, and we overlook the magnificence of Christ in that in that in what he did yes yes so in fact let me let me take you to a yes. passage <clears throat> excuse me an Old Testament passage this is Isaiah 9 6 we know this passage at Christmas we repeat yeah. it there have been songs written about this for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given mm-hmm. and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father Prince of Peace. We claim that Jesus is the God-man. Jesus claimed he's the God-man. God unpacks for us. Paul unpacks for us. John unpacks for us that he is the God-man. Let me show you how Isaiah unpacks for us the God-man at Christmas. The God-man. We have a tendency to look at Christmas as the baby born in the stable, put in a manger, all those those humbling circumstances. Mm -hmm. But here's how Isaiah describes the birth of Christ, that he is a child, human. He is the son given. The son of whom? Yeah. The son of God. Of God. We have a deity side. Mm -hmm. He is the wonderful deity, supernatural, which is what that word wonder in the Hebrew means. It's kind of a supernatural. Mm -hmm. He is the wonderful counselor, Mm. human side. He is the counselor. He has wisdom like Solomon's wisdom. He brings that. He is the mighty, like heroic like David. There's the human, the mighty God. Mm -hmm. Isaiah depicts him as the human, mighty God himself. He is the everlasting. There's your eternal. Yes. Father, a father to his people. We get consistently, he is the prince, the human side, and he is peace, shalom, everything is as it should be, the deity side. Mm -hmm. In that Mm -hmm. little small Mm -hmm. package that we sing about at Christmas all day long, we get the God-man, the God-man, the God-man, the Mm God-man, the Mm God-man. Isaiah just unpacks for us the human and humility side, but the magnificent Mm -hmm. deity side of Jesus, which Mm -hmm. again, makes him unique in his reality. Nobody else like him. Mm. And all those examples, it's as though Isaiah is saying, don't miss this, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> don't miss this. Yeah. And yet, mankind does miss it. Right. Right? Yes, we ah. do. We have a tendency to, oh, and, and, mm. and I'll say it this way, there's a beautiful thing about the scriptures that do tell us about the human side of Jesus, but too often we sit and just focus on the, he's my friend. He's the one I can talk to. He's the one who helps me through. What we miss, and I had a seminary professor that used to say this, think about it from this standpoint, that Jesus is in the manger Mm -hmm. and he's still holding up the world. Mm. Wow. There's the God-man. That while he is in the manger, he is still the one holding up the entire creation. 
how that happens blows my mind. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the reality uh, of who he is. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, it, it's a, the concept of that truly is difficult for our finite minds. Yes. Uh, and, and God tells us so much about it, but it's only in just digging and praying and watching and living your life and where you grasp some of those realities yes. uh, in your life when you see that he truly is the God man. But uh, what what are just your insights and your thoughts on the idea of that plan? Uh, you know, the Trinity, uh, the fact that I could just see them, you know, or see that the Trinity talking together and, and like, this is the plan. You know, Christ, Jesus is going to go and he's going to die. And 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 just I just like your thoughts about it. That's just that yeah. is beyond me. Well, and, and let me take it out of the Trinity for just a minute. Put it back into the concept of Jesus as the God man. Why did he have to be God and why did he have to be man? I'll give you a really simple baseline statement about that. He had to be God because he had to be the perfect sacrifice for sin. He had to be he had to be able to pay the price yes. for your sin and my sin. Yes. That yeah. had to be deity to do that. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, he had to be able to die. God so had to be human. God yeah. can't die. That's right. He has to be human to be able to die. Just if you're just looking at the cross itself, yeah. that's a, a huge part of that. Why was he human? How do we identify with God? Mm. Well, we mm. can't. But what we can identify is the human manifestation of God. Can I identify with that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But if you look at why, why God's plan, I think there's a huge part of this that was God was showing us how much he loved us mm-hmm. by allowing him to be sacrificed, the perfect sacrifice, and to show us that he is also human, yes. which means he had to be able to die. Yes. So yes. just within that very simple context of the crucifixion, yeah. the God-man absolutely comes into full view. Oh, it truly does. And and the part that just really uh, rings home to me is, is his suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we all, mankind, we suffer. We go through suffering. We needed a Savior who truly had been through it. Yes. Right? And, and when we think about our own suffering, not one of us has suffered to the extent that he did. Well, and, and, and that's a great point, Carmen. Think about it from this standpoint. Not only did he go through the suffering, but he's probably the only, the only human who ever could have said no. Oh, yeah. I don't have to go through this. Right. I, I don't. I love the old statement that it was, it was my sin that put him on the cross, mm. but it was his love for me that kept him on the cross. Mm-hmm. He loved me so much that he could have mm-hmm. easily have said, he could have said, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Remember in the garden, take this cup from me, not my will, but yours. I'm going to go ahead with this plan because he loved you and me so much. Oh, yes. Yes. Incredible love. And and like you say, there's uh, at any point he could have said no. He could have said no to being humbled and coming as a babe. Right. <laughs> right? I'm not uh, going down there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um Let's let's talk about the heart attitude towards these truths about Jesus, because his uh, reality uh, certainly results in worship and exaltation. 
how can we take these truths about his reality to take our own worship to a new level? What what would you suggest? <laughs> how much time do you have? Oh, about an hour and a half. All right. <laughs> I, I think part of the answer to that is we've got to get outside of only seeing Jesus as the human. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we believe he is God, son of God. We believe all of that. But how many times do we ever contemplate the reality of exactly who he is as the God man? We can mm-hmm. look at the man portion of it. He yeah. sacrificed himself for us. He went to the cross. We celebrate that with communion, yeah. the, the, the broken body, the shed blood. We, we, and we're grateful. And he's worthy because of that sacrifice. But he's worthy because of that sacri- he's worthy from that sacrifice because of exactly who he is. Mm. The God of the universe yeah. who had every right to say, I'm not dying for those sinners. Yeah. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna go down there and become They're not worthy. Well, I, <laughs> right. can you imagine an yeah. angel sitting up there saying, You're gonna do what? Yeah. You're gonna go down to earth and become one of them? Uh, You're gonna become one of those? Yeah. Um, there is a side of, the, of our worship of him that is, is moving beyond the worship of him because of his sacrifice, but we're moving to the worship of him because of who he is. He is the King of Kings. He yes. is the Lord of Lords. He is the creator of it all, all in him, through him, by him and for him. He is the mm. visible expression of the invisible God. He yeah. is God himself. Yes, yes. Is he worthy of that? Mm. Above and beyond anybody else. Mm. No one else worthy of that worship. Yes, no doubt about it. I was uh, just in, in a thought on from that I was thinking about through this idea of worshiping him on a different level. And I went back to Isaiah mm-hmm. and how when Isaiah entered the throne room and there was, you know, holy, holy, holy. And and well, I always immediately think God the Father. Right. But no, Jesus is God. Yeah. That same kind of worship or Job, you know, wondering why he was going through all the suffering. And then but but then when God comes to him and shows him, you know, where where were you, Job? And he recognizes who God is in that moment. And again, that same idea needs to be towards Jesus. In in fact, a really simple exercise, and we can conclude with this, a a simple exercise is go back through the Gospels and look at the miraculous things that Jesus did. Walking on the water, calming the wind and the waves, healing the lame. This is exactly who he said he was and what he was going to do, but name any other man Mm. who ever did those things and then take take it to the the final step the the man on his pallet that gets lowered right, through the roof. Right. And what right. does Jesus do? Does he heal him? Sure. But but the evidence of who he is is that he forgave, forgave his sins. sins. He That's did right. the one thing that only deity can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we take a look at that New Testament and say that's who Jesus is, yes. I think we get a whole new perspective on the God man. I agree. So that's going to be my Bible study focus here. (laughs) Mark, thank you for your insights on the reality of Christ. After hearing of the uniqueness of Christ's reality, our hope is that your worship experience and your prayers will somehow be affected to draw you in awe and reverence to our Savior. Be sure to join us next week as we continue the series on the uniqueness of Christ. Well, we're going to have this series available through Grace on Demand, available through the Grace app or on the Grace Center website at gsot.edu 
forward slash center. While there, download your free study guide of the Uniqueness of Christ series. Great for personal or group study. Again, our website is gsot.edu forward slash center. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.